Petco Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby said she wanna go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, that. Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 203 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Hopefully, you can hear me well. Uh, the Padres just won two out of three against the New York Mets in New York. Um, yes, today they just lost a couple minutes ago. Uh, that wasn't the best way to, you know, shuff on Sunday Night Baseball because they didn't really show off until like the end there where they had some offense. Um, but you know, they two out of three against the Mets and that's going to be my main takeaway. Um, I might be sounding a little quiet right now. That's because I'm at uh, a relative house in Minnesota and I'm not trying to wake them up upstairs, uh, but I'm going to do a series reaction. So as everyone's coming in here, I appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Gagler and Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Uh, you can visit gagglingonbros.com to view their entire menu, the phone numbers, the addresses. They're all there. Um, great garlic fries and cheesesteaks at Peco Park in Mission Gorge in Point Loma. Uh, so check them out. Um, so as everyone's getting in here, you know, tonight, we'll start with tonight's game. We can talk about yesterday's game as well and then Friday's game. Uh, so we'll go kind of in reverse order. Um, but tonight, I mean, Padres lose 8-5. to five. And now they head to Detroit. Um, what's their record right now? 54 and 43. Uh, they had 13 hits tonight. You know, 13 hits. That's, you know, like Musgrove on the mound. Like Musgrove, I didn't think he was the problem. Like, yeah, he left the game tonight um, with the Mets having a lead, and he did give up that three-run home run. But – the offense did score five runs. What kind of ticked me off in this game was a little bit lackadaisical defense. Uh, the first inning, they had the bases loaded, and Eric Cosmer grounded out to second base. Um, you know, he had some other hits in this game. He drove in a run as well. Uh, I think that made it one nothing at the time. So I'm not going to get on him too much. But, like, the first inning, bases loaded, grounds to second. And his red ball great uh, instead of or the route to first base. Now, instead of going straight to the bag, he ran like he was, he thought it was a single, and McNeil slid and got it, and then he looked stupid. Um, so pretty much why I worked with Hosmer in that first inning. And then later in the game, STRBs didn't know where he was in center field uh, against the wall. And he drops that ball, or doesn't even touch that ball. There was another one, uh, Manny Machado, late in the game. I think it was the 7th or the 8th inning. He made a throwing error. That brought in two runs. And the Padres end up losing by three. So th some of those costly mistakes not coming through with guys in scoring position. That, I feel, is you know, Stephen Wilson not being great. I feel like that's where this kind of costed the Padres more than you know Musgrove not going through six like he usually does and giving up that, you know, three run home run to Joe Musgrove. Um, you know, today the Padres, they left 21 guys on base, 21. 
They were three for twelve with runners in scoring position. Um, you know, Machado had the error. Estier Ruiz in the second inning, he was caught stealing. Uh, he was safe. I'm not going to get on him for that. I'm just saying, you know, pointing out something that was in the box score. He was thrown out stealing, and um, Lindor pushed him off the bag, and they didn't, you know, didn't overturn it. Um, so that could have been another runner in scoring, but it's not a guarantee that the runner in scoring position would have ended up scoring, obviously. So, you know, yeah, tonight was frustrating. Obviously, you want to win when Joe Musgrove's on the mound. But at the same time, I also realized that they took two out of three against the first-place team in the National League East. And so I'm not going to get too frustrated about that. Um, you know, these first two games of this series, you saw some really encouraging performances from Darvish, from Snell, uh, Hosmer had a home run, Grisham. Uh, I know Grisham kind of got banged up yesterday. Uh, and we'll talk about those games. But those are my initial impressions of the series. I'm glad they took two out of three. Uh, the Dodgers, by the way, they did they helped the Padres this weekend. I believe they swept the Giants. And so the Giants are now five games back of the Padres for a playoff spot or for the second wild card. Um, and I believe it started out. I think before this weekend series, they were like games up on the Giants or something. So they have increased, um, you know, that gap. Now, when you look at the wild card standings, there are other teams involved. Um, the Potters have a three-game lead on St. Louis for the final wild card spot. They have a four-game lead on Philadelphia, five games on San Francisco, and then I think eight games on Miami. So. The teams I'm worried about, St. Louis, Philly, San Francisco, got to be better than two of those three, um, right? Two or No, excuse me. Just have to be better than one of those. No, no, no. I think it would be two of those. Yeah, be better than two of those three teams, uh, and they'll get in. I think they can do that. I expect that the Padres will make some moves to improve this team at the trade deadline. Just don't know what those moves are going to be. I know there's all these reports about Juan Soto, uh, obviously, I talked about a little bit about that on the pregame show today. Um, and the Padres, they, I think, should be the most aggressive team to go get Juan Soto just because of the situation that they're in. And I think that they have the assets to go get Juan Soto. And I think they can get him if they're willing to give up, obviously, what the Nationals want. Uh, I see Anthony in the chat here says trade Grisham, trade Lamette, trade Hosmer. And, you know, trading Hosmer, you're going to probably have to give up a top prospect and you're going to have to eat a lot of that money. I'm not saying that I'm against that. Maybe the Cubs are a team where they dump Hosmer, but they give up um, Camposano, Alfaro, and maybe another top prospect like a Jackson Merrill or something uh, to get that done. Um, maybe that's too high of a prospect, Merrill, that is. Uh, but I'm just thinking of just throwing out situations how they maybe could dump that contract. Um, you know, trade as for the trade Grisham and trade Lamette comment, Grisham, maybe he would be involved in a Juan Soto trade and the Nationals take him on. I think he has three years of control after this season. Uh, if they want someone to kind of replace Soto, like at least a body replace that's pretty controllable uh, in the outfield, they can do that. And Lamette. I just don't know how much value he's going to have. 
um, on the trade market. Like he has a 10 ERA, I think this season in the big league. So I just don't know how much you'd get back for him. Uh, but getting back to the series, Padres take two out of three, 54 and 43 is their record right now. Just lost eight to five to the Mets as I'm live here on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I appreciate uh, you tuning in. If you're watching live or on replay here on YouTube, if you're watching live, uh, you can use that super chat function there in the comments. I appreciate uh, any support uh, for the channel. And I believe if you're watching replay, you should be able to use the super thanks button. Uh, so if you want to support the channel that way, there you go. Uh, I appreciate any support, even if you don't support uh, the channel via like donations, money donations, you're supporting the channel by um, listening to me talk Padres. So I really appreciate that. Uh, as for Friday and Saturday, obviously those are the first two games back from the all-star break. There was some news about Joe Musgrove and an extension before I think Friday's game. Uh, and well, I say news, it wasn't really like big news. It was more just saying, hey, the Padres and Musgrove, they're working on it, and Musgrove believes he'll get a deal done, or two sides will get a deal done, him and the Padres, when the time is right. And he was so busy with the All-Star Game festivities and all that that he just didn't have time to look over any of the Padres' offer, like the details or anything. And then he was starting tonight's game, so... I think that he's probably going to really look over it during this Detroit series. Um, and instead of like, you know, trying to cram and make a decision when you don't really have to make a decision, uh, you know, on Saturday before the Sunday start, I think he probably is going to be looking it over during the Detroit series. And hopefully an extension gets done during this next week. But again, AJ Preller is also, um, you know, busy with a lot of trades and all that as well. So maybe if Musgrove's side doesn't like this offer, then they table it. And you obviously hope that they don't table it, but Musgrove was saying to the media, I think on Friday before this series started, he was just talking about how he doesn't want this to be a thing where it drags on throughout the season because the Padres are still trying to make the playoffs. They still are trying to contend for a World Series. So putting, you know, this like, you know, boulder on his shoulders. Uh, I don't think he wants that. And so if they can't get to an agreement within the next week, then I would think he'll try to just table it. Uh, and then you hope that in that five day window between the end of the season and um, when f other teams can start talking to uh, free agents, you hope in that window, the Padres can get, done. Uh, Anthony, thank you for the super chat. He says, Lamette and Grisham mix up for Hosmer. But, oh, trade. He wants to trade Lamette, Grisham, and Hosmer together. They don't make, no, no, no. I, I just, Lamette and Grisham, they don't make up for Hosmer. Lamette and you can definitely hit some home runs, but he's not been great in the field this year. Uh, he's just, I just don't know how much value he really has. 
it feels like he would just be like a throw-in to the Soto deal so the Nationals could have literally a body out there in the outfield. I think that's what he'd be. I just don't know how much value he has. So I don't think – I think Lamette and Grisham just add to the headache of a Hosmer deal for any team trading for him, to be honest. But I appreciate the super chat. I appreciate the input. All right, getting to uh, Saturday's game since we're working backwards. Padres won this one 2-1, to one, and this was, well, Blake Snell pitching great, Adrian Marjone pitching great, Chris Matt, uh, Garcia, Rogers was a little bumpy, but Manny showing up. I mean, that's what this game was on Saturday. Manny hit that big two-run home run, and those were the only runs the Padres scored. Um, you know, that's baseball. The Padres scored less runs yesterday than they did today, and they won yesterday and lost today. That's baseball. Um, I was encouraged by what I saw from Blake Snow. Um, five innings, no runs, walk two. Uh, so usually when he walks three or four guys that and definitely six guys like he did in that Colorado start, that is a recipe for a disaster, as we've seen in many Blake Snell starts. Um, but I was on a plane during this start, so I didn't really get to watch it, but I did see the highlights. And it looked like he got in and out of every jam possible. And so you could definitely say in the chat here, hey, Ben, getting in those jams, that's not good. Um, but I would say, hey, look at the positive here. He could have not gotten out of those jams. You know, Yeah, he got in them, but he got out of them as well. Um, and so I'm, gonna, I'm trying to look at it from the positive from Snell's start there. Maybe because I want to build up trade value uh, to trade him. And maybe you can get back a reliever or you can get back a bat or something if another team thinks that they can fix Snell consistently because he's under control for next year as well. Uh, but I'm trying to look at it from the positive side uh, with Snell. And so um, I, I really like – I think that's something that Snell can build off of. And hopefully he just doesn't get in as many jams as he did Last time out. Uh, and then Chris Matt had an inning, no runs. Mahone, inning and a third, no runs. He struck out four of the five batters that he faced. I mean, huge, huge props to Mahone last night. By the way, tonight's ESPN broadcast sucked. Carl Ravage didn't even know how to pronounce Adrian Mahone's name. Moreone, um, I think, is what he was saying. Um, so, yeah, that the broadcast wasn't great. Anyway, back to Saturday's game. I'm glad we have Don Mud. Uh, back to Saturday, the highlights that I was looking at, I mean, the fastball up was electric. Uh, Manny said it after the game, more honed stuff is electric. Uh, and so, like, this guy, him and Nick Martinez, and then Chris Matt as well, but just him and Martinez, if those guys pitch multiple innings for this bullpen, I mean, that is, one, it can, you know, save some of your bullpen, but also just in terms of just providing impact, like it's a huge impact uh, that Martinez and Marjone can provide to this Padres team. And even if they don't pitch innings, if they pitch one inning, well, look, I'm confident in having Marjone and Martinez be the seven and eight inning guys right now. I know that Bo, uh, Bob Melvin is saying that Luis Garcia is still the eighth inning guy, and that's fine. I don't, I don't have a huge problem with that right now. And unless, you know, next four appearances or something, he blows up. But, um, I mean, 
sixth, seventh inning right there for if someone goes five innings or even if someone goes five innings, you can have Martinez and Marjon throw multiple innings if Jets, you know, how the the bullpen chart, the their reliever usage works out. They throw multiple innings, and now you pretty much save the rest of your bullpen for a night, and that's huge going forward for this season. And I know that they have more rest days this season, or excuse me, they have more rest days in the second half of this season than they do than they did in the unofficial first half of the season. But still, using your weapons the way um, you know, using those weapons efficiently like this, and maximizing the weapons that you have, and not just using Martinez for one inning like they have the last couple times, using him for multiple innings. I think that's where he can really excel and give some of the rest of the bullpen uh, some time off, I think that can really help the Padres going forward. So uh, huge props to the pitching yesterday uh, in the Padres win. Manny coming through. Yeah, the Padres, they went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position, left four guys on base. Um, I believe the first two games in this series, they went 0 for 14 with runners in scoring position. So you obviously want that to improve. but they were able to hit the long ball in these first two games. That's been the problem for the Padres. And I don't think that, you know, these first two games of this Mets series is just going to change it all of a sudden. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is if they can get some power or keep the power uh, that we saw those first two games and add some more power at the deadline, I don't think we're going to see as many fans complaining about them not coming through with runners in scoring position because they're still going to, they're going to be able to have guys, you know, drive in themselves through home runs and not have to have uh, a guy on base, you know, if that makes sense. Um, and have, you know, like Austin Nola single to left or single to center with the runner on second, you know. Um, but I, it was, I thought it was an encouraging win yesterday. Yeah, the offense, two runs, Manny with the two-run home run, but the pitching was really solid. And... I think that that two to one game last night, that's how you could see some of the, these uh, playoff games. The Padres are fortunate enough to make the postseason, and I think they will. Um, you could see the Padres winning postseason games just like the way that they won uh, on Saturday night. Good pitching, coming up with that timely hit, um, you know, playing good defense. I don't think they had any errors, did they? No, no errors. Just solid, crisp baseball. And hopefully Taylor Rogers is a little bit smoother in the ninth inning. I could see them winning playoff games like that. Uh, is that going to be sustainable throughout the entire month of October? Probably not. But you're going to have to win some games like that. Uh, and the Padres, I believe they can do that if they play well. Um, so that was a good win on Saturday. And then on Friday, uh, the Padres won 4-1. to one. They outhit the Mets 8-4. to four. Um, I will get to your comments, by the way, in uh, for anyone that does comment here. Um, but, I mean, on Friday, Osmer and Grisham, you know, I just talked about it. The 0 for 14 with runners and scoring in the first two games, coming through with power, you know, finally being able to hit the long ball. And they won on uh, Friday. Hosmer hitting the home run made it 2-0 in the fourth. And then Grisham with the uh, homer in the seventh made it three nothing, uh, and that's all they need. You know they need the Hosmer two run home run, but obviously you'd take 
as many home runs as you want or as you can get. Uh, but coming through with the home runs, you know, I've been tough on Hosmer. I'm not a fan of Eric Hosmer. I'm a fan of the Padres, though, so when he's doing well, I'm fine with it. Um, I'm happy when he does well, obviously. I want him to do well ultimately because that helps the Padres win games. Um, maybe Grisham and Hosmer needed that recharge during the All-Star break. Maybe. I don't know. Um, you know, because in the first half or the, the beginning of the season, usually, Hosmer gets out to those, you know, really hot stretch, hot stretches, you know, full middle May, right? Uh, and then Grisham, he hasn't really been the same guy that he was in 2020, but that was like a two-month spurt, right, 2020, um, where he went off. So maybe can can he do that in that second half, uh, in the second half this season? We'll see. Uh, but big home runs there. And um, on the mound, I mean, you Darvish, he pitched amazingly well. He gave up one run. But seven innings, four hits, struck out nine, only walked one guy, lowered his ERA to three two eight. Nick Martinez came in behind him, pitched an inning, scoreless. Taylor Rogers got the save, I believe three up, three down. Um, so it was a phenomenal pitching night from Darvish, Martinez, uh, and Rogers. And you know, with Darvish, like this is. And I, I, I was kind of crapping on the ESPN broadcast, but they were talking about it tonight, um, you know, late in the game. And it was like, and they were, I think it was Eduardo Perez talking about how the Padres built on this starting pitching, and I wouldn't want to face their rotation in the playoffs. And if they can get some offense, then they're a really dangerous team. And I agree with that. Um, and we saw that with Darvish on Friday night, you know, going seven innings there. Like, he is absolutely nasty when things are working with that splitter uh the strikeout just it's a really really good strikeout pitch nine strikeouts on friday night he was cruising um and then martinez you know that one inning that he pitched there in the eighth inning i personally uh mentioned it already earlier in this episode i think that it's best for nick martinez to be pitching multiple innings you know he started this year as a starter uh, i think he wants to be a starter and I think that maybe they want Martinez to be pitching more consistently, but if you're going to get multiple innings out of Morahone, excuse me, and if you're going to get multiple innings out of uh, Martinez, you could like alternate them like every other day and have them pitch two innings every other day. You know, like maybe that's an effective thing. Um, and then who knows about Mackenzie Gore? He didn't even pitch in this series. Uh, they, they just, I would expect him to pitch during this Detroit series. Um, but this Met series, they probably thought the games are going to be close. Don't want to put him in there, put him in against a worse team, the Tigers and give him some confidence. Um, but I mean, you know, I just keep going back to that Martinez more home combination. I absolutely love what I'm seeing there. And then with Musgrove today, those three runs, uh, Obviously, I'm not worried about Musgrove. Uh, him, Darvish, I liked what I've seen from Clevenger these probably last month, right, um, in terms of starters. And then Manaya usually has quality starts. That's a pretty solid uh, fourth starter, right? And Snell, 
I mean, obviously, if he pitches the way that he pitched on Saturday, I know he only went, what, like five innings? Let me check that real quick again. Yeah, five innings, didn't, but he didn't give up any runs. And he didn't walk like three or more guys, right? Uh, he struck out five. Um, you know, yeah, he got out of, he got into a lot of jams, but he got out of a lot of jams. So if guys can just pitch, you know, consistently, and I know I'm, that's a lot easier to say than actually do, but I believe in this rotation. I, you know, the guy I believe probably the least in is Snell in terms of him pitching really well consistently, but I believe in, you know, the top three guys pretty I have a pretty high confidence level in the top three guys right now. And in the playoffs, you, if you have those top three guys, um, I don't know if they'd have Mania pitch game three or they'd have Clev pitch game three. But if you have three guys and then you have Mania coming in in the bullpen or Martinez, Morahone, Snell maybe, he he might be dominant if he only has to go one time through through a lineup, right? Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty nasty in a playoff series. I know that I'm jumping ahead of myself right now, but you know they took two out of three from the Mets, and the Mets are a first-place team in the National League East, and so I'm really uh, happy with this series. I, I know today wasn't great, um, but I like the way that the Padres fought back there late uh, and scored some runs. They ended up scoring five runs in this game. They, they out-hit the Mets, 13-12, to 12, uh, but it was just a little sloppy defensively. And that's something that I think they need to clean up. I think that they need to obviously go get some bats at the deadline. I think that they got to hope that Fernando can stay healthy, obviously. And you hope that the reinforcements, Castillo, Baez, Pomerantz, Johnson, when those guys come back, they actually pitch well and they're not just taking up roster spots. If that can happen, that's a lot of things. If a few of those can happen, or you know, two out of three of those can happen, like this is going to be a real contender, I think, um, because I think they have a really strong rotation. I think they have a pretty strong top half of the lineup. They just need a couple more at bats, and obviously having Juan Soto would really help as well, because it would extend that lineup, and it would it would it wouldn't make the bottom of the order, well, not really just the bottom, but like the bottom half, like. Six, seven, eight, nine. Sometimes even five, six, seven, eight, nine. Acquiring Soto wouldn't make that look as bad because then you acquire Soto, you get Tatis back. Now you have a lineup of Tatis, Cronenworth, Soto, Manny, uh, Profar, Mazzara, or Myers, right? And that's your what six one through six. And then who am I missing? Uh, did I sell far already? Um, and then Ruiz or Grisham, you know, as like the eight hitter. Uh, I didn't even mention Voigt as the DH or whoever they pick as the DH. It just makes the lineup, uh, you know, longer. And there's obviously less holes. And August 2nd, um, how many days? Like nine days away? We're waiting. We're, I'm just patiently waiting for, maybe not patiently, but I'm, I'm waiting for Preller to make a move. I think it's not just going to be one move. But I am waiting for him to make that first move, and then I think he'll make multiple moves. And then when he makes multiple moves, hopefully those multiple moves are you know impact bats, and this lineup looks different, uh, and I'm more confident in this lineup come August second at like 
105 p.m. or whatever after the trade deadline's over. You know, if you have any thoughts on this series, feel free to put them in the comments. Again, I am kind of talking a little softer today. Don't have my mic because I am in Minnesota with some family, and they're upstairs, and I'm not trying to wake them up or anything. So uh, maybe turn up the volume if you can't hear me too well. But um, I don't see too many other comments here. Alfredo says, Lamette for Gallo and Cash, maybe? I, I just don't know how high the Yankees are on Lamette. You know, like, I know they're not high on Gallo either, but Gallo, you would think he'd be on the major league roster. And I think that's a waste of a roster spot right now for what Joey Gallo's producing, which is like nothing. I think that's a waste. I'd rather have Nomar Mazzara. I'd rather have Will Myers on the roster than Joey Gallo, right? I'd obviously rather have Juan Soto than Joey Gallo. Anyone would. Um, so I think... You know, maybe earlier in the year I might have said yes a little bit, but the way Nomar's been playing, Myers probably coming back, I hope, during the Minnesota series um, when they come back home to start that homestand on the 29th, I think it is. I think then, I think then um, I would roll with Nomar and Myers over trying to go get Gallo. Like, I mean... Let me look up Gallo's stats here real quick. Like, it's not pretty. I don't even think they're playing consistently. And I don't blame the Yankees. The Yankees are the best team in the American League. And they shouldn't. I mean, he's the guy has a 162 average. Sure, he has 12 home runs, which is more than a lot of guys on this team, which is kind of embarrassing. But Gallo is a strikeout or nothing, or excuse me, strikeout or home run hitter. But, uh, yeah, his OPS is only 631, and you want the OPS to be around 800, so he's really far away from that. He's only driven in 24 runs. And when you compare that, trying to look at Mazzara's stats here, compare that to Mazzara. I mean, Mazzara's OPS is 736. He's played in less games than Gallo, I believe, this year, and he almost, he has 17 RBIs compared to, I think, 24 that I just said for Gallo. Like, I'd rather stick with Mazzara, just having him play every day, than I'd rather have Myers and Mazzara. I, th I think that that's better than trading away someone for, I know it's Lamette, and he's probably not going to have a big role on this team this year, but trading him away to clear a roster spot for someone that would probably just sit on the bench, I don't know if I would sign up for that. Um, all right, so we went through the three games against the Mets. And just to, for a standings update real quick. The Padres, obviously the division, it's out the window. National League West, the Dodgers have a huge lead on that. Um, but for the wild card, the Braves hold the first wild card spot, 58-39. and 39. They're seven games up. On a wild card spot, the Padres are four games back of that first wild card spot. They're 54 and 43. It seems like they're going to stick with that second wild card spot. The Cardinals are 51 and 46. They have that third and final wild card spot. So the Padres have a three game lead on the Cardinals for a playoff spot, essentially. 
Um, well, no, 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 excuse me. Three games up on the Cardinals for the third, four games up on essentially a playoff spot. Philadelphia is one game back of the Cardinals for the final National League wild cards. And that's for two games back of St. Louis. Uh, so that's what we got Atlanta, San Diego, St. Louis, Philly, and San Francisco. Miami's five back. I, I don't, they have a negative run differential. I don't really count them as real contenders this year. So can the pod, the question is, can the Padres be better than two of, right? Or one of, can they be better than one of the three following teams, St. Louis, Philadelphia, and San Francisco? Because even if St. Louis passes the Padres, the Padres would have the third wild card and they just have to be better than one of Philadelphia or San Francisco to get that, right? Oh, no, they'd have to be better than both, sorry. Two of the three. Can they be better than Philly, San Francisco, or St. Louis? Two of those three teams. I think they can. Sorry, I might have been confused a little bit, some of you guys. Um, For some, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking there. Yeah, can they be better... It's just weird looking at these wildcard standings right now because I'm trying to like flip spots in my head. If the pot, like worst case scenario, the Padres are the third wild card, and then what would they have to do? They'd have to be better than Philly and San Francisco. They don't have to be better than St. Louis or one of those three teams. So they have to be better than two of those three teams to make the playoffs. I think they can. So that's what we got going with the division. Again, this episode is 203 of the Talking Fries podcast and YouTube show brought to you by Gaglion Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries located inside Petco Park during the Padres season. They also have two locations in Mission Gorge and Point Loma. Um, and you can visit gaglionbros.com to view their menu, the phone numbers, the addresses, all that. Uh, let's get back to the Padres here. To end July, well, end July, they're two minutes back at home, but they've got now three games as the Detroit Tigers, and the Tigers right now are 38 and 58. They're not a great team. Um, and tomorrow's game is at 410 Pacific time. Shamanai is on the mound for the Padres, and Drew Hutchinson, Hutchison, never heard of the guy, 446 ERA, he's on the mound for the Tigers. That's at 410. And Clevenger's pitching on Tuesday. That's at 410 as well. Detroit hasn't named a starter. And the series finale is on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Padres, Tigers, uh, Darvish is pitching Wednesday, I believe. And the Tigers are going to put Tariq Scooball on the mound for that series finale. I mean, this you hope the Padres can sweep these three games because the Tigers suck. They're 20 games under 500, and if they don't win the series, yeah, that's embarrassing. They definitely have to win the series. I will take a four and two road trip. You hope that it's five and one with the sweep. Uh, just like I just mentioned, the Tigers suck, uh, and you obviously have the favorable matchup every game because of how bad the Tigers are. But taking two out of three, I can't. I probably can't complain too much. Unless, like, it's the Wednesday day game and they're up 3 nothing going into the ninth inning and Taylor Rogers blows it or something. Then we have a problem, you know. Uh, so that's a quick 
pitching matchup preview of this Tiger series, and then they go back home and they play the Twins um, to end July and start August, and then I believe they host Colorado as well before going out on the road again. So that's the upcoming schedule for the Padres. A couple more questions or comments here in the chat. Anthony says, Preller has to wait for Soto. No pre-moves like last year for Frazier and Gallo and not get Gallo. Yeah, so I think what Anthony's saying is don't make any moves before the Nationals trade Soto or say that they're not trading Soto. I, I agree in terms of not making moves in the outfield because, to be honest, yeah, if they get Ian Happ and Contreras, I'd be happy, and they don't get Soto, okay, I'm fine. Um, but if they don't acquire any outfielders because the Nationals don't know if they're trading Soto yet all the way up to the deadline, but the Padres, meanwhile, can go get, like, Wilson Contreras and get some relief help, I wouldn't be, like, I don't think I'd be pissed off at that because you're getting an all-star catcher, right? That still is an upgrade to your offense, right? Um, and let's say the Nationals don't trade Soto, right? Okay, well, at least didn't go to the Dodgers, right? Maybe Preller was making phone calls and saying, hey, we can offer you something better than the Dodgers. But then the Nationals were like, no, we'll wait till the offseason. Uh, we just don't want to be pressured right now. You know, maybe that happens. I think it is a dangerous game, though, when you know, how Anthony in the chat here is talking about waiting for Soto, because then if you wait for Soto and you don't make any other moves around the team on the roster, then you're like setting yourself up for failure like last year. I'm not saying like a collapse because they do get touched and they get a good amount of guys back, but you're not setting yourself up for World Series success, I don't think, if you don't make any moves and you're only waiting for Soto, and then Soto gets moved like a minute before the deadline or something, uh, and now you're left with nothing, right? I don't think that's the smartest thing to wait only for Soto and don't make any other moves to the roster around him, like catcher and bullpen and stuff like that. Uh, I think... In terms of the outfield, I can kind of agree with that because of how big that would be if they could get Soto. And I think the Padres have the best chance to get Soto. But I think, I don't think the Cubs are going to be asking for the same prospects that the Nationals are going to be asking for in the Soto deal for Contreras. I don't think the Padres would have to give up Abrams in a Contreras deal. I think they'd give up Camposano, maybe Alfaro, and I think that might be it. Uh, if they don't, you know, salary dump Hosmer or Myers or anyone like that. So that's the good news. Preller can still operate while dealing with Soto on one hand. And then on the other hand, talk about Contreras and all that. Uh, you know, other teams, other upgrades. I think he can do that. Outfielders, I'd be have to improve in other areas of the team. So. 61 says they need two bats and one mid reliever. In terms of the part, like we're not going to find out if Pierce Johnson and Baez and all those guys, the reforms, we're not going to find out if they're going to really help the team. Uh, 
until after the trade deadline is over. So I would like them to go get a reliever. Uh, two more bats, you could say that. Um, where would that be? Like first base? First base, if you have crony, play second. And catcher? I know outfield as well. Um, but if you're being nitpicky, it's probably more than two bats. You know, you, you kind of like an upgrade in center. Or Soto, you can play him wherever. Get Soto and then figure it out. I don't, I don't care. But you could say, what, outfield? First base, um, I don't know how realistic an upgrade at first base is, though, just because of Hosmer's contract, and they already have Voight, too, and I don't think teams really are interested in Voight. Uh, but there, you could upgrade a catcher with Contreras. Like there's, You can make an argument that, that they should go out and get more than two bats, but if they get two bats, obviously, I'm not saying Marisnik, like Marisnik, like last year, that's not that's not a bat, you know, um, that's a fielding first player. But if they go out and get like Contreras and Hap, yeah, I'd be happy with that. That's an upgrade for the team. All right. Those are the only comments I see. Uh, again, I am not San Diego right now, so I'd usually go longer, but I got some people upstairs sleeping, so I don't want to go too long. Um, this was my series reaction Met series. They take two out of three. Tiger series coming up before they head back home. Uh, I was encouraged by mostly what I saw in this Met series, and I really hope they can sweep this Tiger series. So, all right, Ben Fadner host signing off. This has been episode 203 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show presented by Gaglio and Bros famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in on the podcast platforms and on the YouTube channel. Go Pies, and I'll talk to you guys.